0: Uh, It's come to my understanding that you are a hater when it comes to people having bucket lists. Uh, As somebody who has a bucket list, I want to know why you hate on them so much.
1: Well, if you've listened to... uh... An earlier episode of our podcast, I, you know, humble bragged about taking my kids to, to Jerusalem. And uh, I can't remember where we are. We were like outside of we were, were I think we were going into Ein Gedi, you know, like this. It's now a nature reserve. But talk about, you know, like a sense of history. This is where like David flees from um, from Saul. And so this um, is a place like, know, in, like
0: in Palestine or in, in Israel J-
1: out, out, outside of Israel. Yeah. Okay. Um, in 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 the Judean desert if you will. Uh, so this is like where John the Baptist roamed. Like this is little This is the wilderness of, uh... that they
0: talk about like in the Old and New Testament outside yeah, of the city. Yeah. But okay.
1: Ein Gedi is this place where like the water arrives. So it's like this lush little kind of slice inside this desert reality. Like almost like and an so...
0: oasis type of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like an oasis. And it's really beautiful because you can kind of see the mountains all the way down to the Dead Sea. And um, so we were sitting there and I don't remember what it what it referred to or what she was referring to originally. But my daughter, Maisie, was talking about her bucket list. And then I just went off on how I think Bucket Lips lists are stupid. You know, like I just think Bucket Lips lists are dumb. And, you know, as a 15-year-old kid, she just thought I was dumb and could have no fun because I had to deconstruct everything. Um, But I am a hater of Bucket Lists or I'm not a hater of Bucket Lists. I don't have a Bucket list. But there's a certain kind of, uh, I think you know, it hasn't been that long. Like what, ten years ago or something? There wasn't there just like some Tommy Lee Jones movie or something about bucket list. Well, I, I feel like that's something? what
0: put it in the popular cultural yeah. whatever consciousness. I I don't think anyone actually saw the movie. I didn't see the movie, but that's when I had first no. heard of what a bucket list was.
1: But I do think that movie was the like start of people talking about having bucket lists and keeping bucket lists so you know we're talking a 21st century reality I don't know maybe maybe it stretches back a bit but it, it seems to hang on a cer- hang on to a certain kind of view of reality to have a bucket list. I mean I just don't think you could talk to someone who's going off to World War II, and ask them if they had a bucket list maybe they did you surely couldn't talk to like a medieval person and they would have some kind of things they wanted to do before they died like again back to the like world war ii i don't think those those men who got on those boats and went to the pacific and the european theater um they were really yearning to live you know what i mean like they were going to Test themselves and were willing to fight and to live and and to see what metal they were made of. Um, but they surely didn't have bucket lists because then they would have been in existential crisis going on those you know, on those uh, those boats to go to Utah. I don't want to go like, to Normandy oh,
0: because I've never been skydiving before. Yeah, I don't
1: think. That right. Was a, yes, yeah, I yeah, never yeah. scuba dived in the Caribbean or you know I've never watched all the Star Wars movies three times. You know, like there's whatever whatever it might be. So. I, there's a certain kind of sense I think, when one has a bucket list. And again, I'm not hating, Derek. I would love to hear your bucket list. Well, we have all really these. Have we have these list?
0: episodes, and they actually end up being my favorite. Where you just like are ranting about something, and it's sort of the old man get off my lawn. And, and these are my favorite episodes. Yeah. So I just I keep going. Yeah. I'm loving this. Yeah. I.
1: I uh, yes we have a, a, a subset of our podcast which is just it's a neat. genre the, of some get, of
0: our episodes and we're right in the middle of yeah, so yeah. man
1: get off my of lawn, and that's exactly how my daughter feels you know like she's like this is great because this is on my bucket list and then here I am like we're having a coffee waiting to get into this nature reserve and I'm like bucket lists are stupid and it, it, it really shows us a, a certain kind of poverty in the Western consciousness that we have these bucket lists but what it I think what it ultimately shows is that it has this kind of sense in all seriousness and this is you know a rant and obviously everyone can disagree with me but this is my podcast so I get to say whatever I want um, but you know there there is a way that it is a certain view of what a human life is and that a human life becomes in some ways the stacking of experiences and there doesn't have to be really any coherence to it. there's a certain sense that when you have a bucket list, you don't have a narrative to your life, that your life is the checking off of certain accrued experiences that maybe, well, they help you feel alive. I'm not belittling that, but there isn't a coherent narrative to it. You know, there isn't, most people, maybe some people do have a coherent narrative to their bucket list, but that ultimately is not what a bucket list is. A bucket list is kind of just a random hodgepodge of things you would like to do in your life before you die.
0: It's, it's kind of like when you have a friend who goes on a vacation and then they come back from the vacation and they tell you about the trip. And it's like the most boring thing anyone can ever tell you because they are just listing all the things that they did. But there's no like narrative to that other than we did this and then we did this. And is, is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Yes. And think of the hagi- hagiography of that, you know, so like when, when a saint would die or someone important would die, someone right there in the monastery, someone would write the story about them. And it was usually overblown. Like I'm most, I'm most familiar with Cuthbert's, um, you know, like Cuth- Cuthbert, you know, we get, we get this story from, from Bede and all these things Cuth- Cuthbert did, but there's a certain kind of flow to it i mean Bede is not like a novelist and this is pre-novels we're talking you know what sixth seventh century here um but there's there's a sense of writing the story of his life um now a bucket list is basically a shopping list in in many ways you know and and what kind of story is that like the hagiography of that is like oh derek and he got to see two World Series games. He got to, you know, he got to jet ski uh, in in, in, the, in the Gulf of Mexico and uh, saw Billy Eilish live. you know, like this this is a this is a life lived. It, it becomes very much, I think, it becomes extracted from some kind of narrative. and particularly ultimately, it loses some kind of horizon that your life, is is aiming towards that your life really becomes about the accruing again i mean it's it's a very kind of consumer perspective of a lifetime that your life is about these experiences you consume not about these things you're aimed towards not about this horizon you're aimed for and what i mean is like no one on their bucket list for the most part has like raise my kids well or um you know uh no one would have something like I want to be really attentive to the last the last days of my spouse's life. Or no one would say, I want to die well. You know, like I, I'm aiming towards really dying well and um, that my life will be well lived if I die well. Like that's usually not the shape of a bucket list. You know what I mean? Like it usually is these, I want to go to all, seven continents or whatever like it, it it becomes it's just not surprising that what you said it's 2007 and enters the consciousness my guess is without the invention of social media sites you know like with Facebook and even before you know Facebook with Friendster or you know MySpace or something where basically you were starting to create profiles of yourself like the bucket list fits perfectly for profiles and then once you can start adding pictures Inst and Instagram comes along and you can start adding pictures to Facebook then like the, the, the your social media profile becomes a very place where you can you can post these bucket list kind of things and make people envy you and recognize you in a certain way. But it just does seem to me to be devoid of the depth of the human experience.
0: So in other words, what I'm hearing you say is the bucket list is all these sort of consumeristic, individualistic experiences. But when you really look back on the narrative shape of your life, my take is they're also grounded in the relationships that you have with others, either family or friends. Like the most significant moments of my life, if I'm going to list them out, are the day I got married, the day my kids were born, the day that I was with my parents, you know, it's it's. All based in those relationships too, whereas the bucket list is just stuff that you can purchase or experience on a consumeristic level.
1: Yeah, well, at, at its most base level, it's it's something you can control. The bucket list is controllable. I mean, maybe there's some there's some things that could trip you up, like you just don't have enough money to actually go to all the Hawaiian islands. But you can't really. I mean, maybe people do, but you can't really put on your bucket list get married you're not really in control of that. You know, like at, at one level you are, like you could be open to the experience. You could, you know, you could be brave enough to ask someone to marry you or whatever, but uh, you have to fall in love. You have to have that kind of experience that does really take someone else involved in it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think we rarely put, like relational things on our bucket list. Now I get it. Like my daughter's point was like, I want to share these experiences with you. Like I'm having a bucket list moment right now, but what we take away from that isn't like check. We were at i it's the conversations we had the the ways we were together that become, become forming. The other thing that Hartmont Rosa says, cause he's a hater. I feel like I'm in good company because, uh, he's a hater of bucket list too. I, um, and one of the things that he, he gets at that I think is really true is that there also is a deep sense to have a bucket list is, and again, it goes back to this horizon that you do really assume that your life, when your life ends, it ends. There's a certain kind of nihilistic, fatalistic part of it. Like you only have, dude, you only have 80 years or my gosh, like, let's start really thinking about that now. Like, but you're going to be done doing bucket list things by the time you're what? 75 maybe if you're in good health and so this is all you got man don't waste this this is this is it there is a certain sense that the human life has no no horizon beyond death like it is a certain kind of presumption that there is nothing beyond your death and there's nothing that this life really points towards or needs to be formed for or needs to prepare you for there's no sense that this life has anything to do with the life to come really in a bucket list again i'm being a really downer a real get off my lawn kind of guy but there is that certain presumption and that's what is so mobilizing about it like there is like the sense like dude you do need to be a little selfish here because it's just as your life this is the only life you have and the last thing you want to do is lay on your deathbed and think I should have surfed in Cabo. You know what I mean? Like, that. you don't want that. No one wants those kind of regrets. But my gosh, if that isn't a certain moral horizon, I don't know what is. If that isn't a certain assertion about what a lifetime is all about, I don't know what is, man. Like, these, these are just... These are, as my daughter would say, like loosen up and this is just a little thing to say. But my perspective is like, you know, the language games we use shape our imagination and they form us in a a pretty significant way. And I bet a lot of our listeners do have on their phones like bucket lists. And maybe that, you know, I don't know. Like I don't want to – listening to Mozart or reading the Russian classics or something maybe on your – on your bucket list, but even that in some ways becomes commodified and it becomes instrumentalized in, in a certain way. Um, I don't know. I hate bucket lists.
0: But that, but that ethos too of get as much as you can while you can still get it, it also would seem to push out to the margins um, things like sacrifice – for the sake of others and the redemptive value sometimes that suffering can produce. I mean, that seems that it would just say that we have no time for that because this ship is sinking. So you got to get it done now while you still can and leave everything else behind. And that also goes against some of those core things that make life worth meaning, at least in the Christian tradition.
1: Absolutely. It does. I think absolutely. And what it takes away, what you're pointing towards is the kind of cadence of the tragic gets completely lost in it so in the certain ways i think that the bucket list is a way to cope with for modern middle class people to cope with their finitude that they are going to die that um and it is a way to try to circumvent that it's actually a very flat way to talk about death without having to talk about death You know what I mean? Like it's it's a way to have to face your finitude and and the tragic reality that no matter what, no matter what, no matter how many, you know, how many lists you have on your phone that you get through all of them, you are going to die with something left undone. Or you're gonna die in a way like my grandmother and Kara's grandmother right now, which is um, to be in their mid nineties and wait, hoping to die. Like uh, honestly, it's like what? What am I doing here? Like I've lived my story. Um, And what do I? You know, what do we say to Kara's grandmother, Bev, or when my my grandmother was still alive, um, Jean? We're like, no, you still have things you can do. Like, come on, Grandma, don't you have some kind of bucket list points you want to get to? Like, you still have never you know, been to New Year's Eve in Times Square. Don't you want to do that? And they're like, no, I don't. I, I really don't want to do that. I've lived a life and I don't need to consume every experience ever, you know, like. But but grandma, you've never seen a 400, uh, you know, a, 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 a hitter in the major leagues bat 400, you know, like, we, you they don't care. Like the 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 story of their life has has come to this point, and they have lived well, and they're ready to die, and they've prepared themselves for what is coming next. Um, and they're not thinking I need more experiences. So there's you're right. There's a way it it kind of scrapes out sacrifice. It scrapes out uh, the need to suffer and just a human reality of finitude that you will die with not all things done and worse worse dare you to face it that you could get all your check marks of your bucket list and you still may not die fulfilled and um, you you will have actually no resources to deal with your death and you know that's pretty tragic and yet you know, to, to land this in the lap of pastors, most of the people in our congregations are more formed when you think about the trajectory of their life towards bucket lists, than dying well as Christians, than than thinking of the, the resources in the best way of best use of the term that the tradition of Christianity and the confession of Jesus Christ prepares you to die. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to be too harsh on bucket lists, but I do not think there is anything inherently Christian about it. I think it is inherently late modern neoliberal capitalist, and um, and that's why I verbally tore down a 15 year old girl's articulation of a bucket list, of her bucket list. Great dad, right?
0: When Church Stops Working, featuring Dr. Andrew Root. This is a podcast produced by me, Derek Tronsgaard. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Baker Publishing. You can grab Andy's brand new book, The Church After Innovation, which is out now on Amazon or wherever else you get your books, and look for his other titles as well. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time for another round of When Church Stops Working.